and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is, is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false God. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burn offering and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, God, I have come. It's written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God, your laws within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Don't withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. Sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They're more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails. But be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all those who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May those who say to me, Aha! Aha! Be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, The Lord be exalted. The Lord be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. Lord, you are my help. You are my deliverer, O oh my God. Do not delay. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the truth in there, Lord. We wait patiently for you, Lord. It's good to wait for you, Lord. It's good to sit in your presence. It's good to be quiet before you. And let you be God. To be still and know that you are God. We give you praise, Lord. We choose to say, as this psalm says, be exalted, O Lord. With all this stuff, Lord, whatever's going on in my life, be exalted. Be glorified. Be praised. Be lifted up. You, you be the one who's seen. You be the one who's glorified. You be the one who everyone says, oh, wow, look at that. That's got to be God. We thank you, God, for your love and your faithfulness. We just declare freedom in our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lisa and Corey. Good sometimes just sit in God's presence, you know, just kind of, you know, not, not move on. Just kind of be quiet before Him. Well, today I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 5. And I, we're going to kind of continue on from a message I started a few weeks ago um, on the three dimensions of prayer. We talked about 3D prayer, the three dimensions of prayer. But I want to talk about the fourth dimension of prayer this morning. If you thought there were only three, uh, there are four. Last time, uh, for those of you that may not have been here, I don't remember if it was two or three weeks ago, um, we looked at the scripture where Jesus says... Uh, Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, 
knock and the door will be open to you. And kind of three different dimensions that that shows a prayer. You know, that asking is about your needs and desires. You know, seeking God is to get to know Him, to have a revelation of Him, to, to have a revelation of who He is. Knocking, in many ways, could be talking about direction and, and guidance in my life. And those three things are working things in us. When I'm asking and receiving from God, I'm gaining trust. And I'm learning about the faithfulness of God because I'm seeing, hey, I'm asking for my need. God, I'm receiving in my time of need. So I trust God because he's faithful. When we seek God, he changes us. Our desires begin to change. The things we actually want are changed. And so we have a revelation of who he is. We have a finding. We find something out about God and it's revealed to us. And we get to know God's character. And then knocking, we learn that God opens and directs us and guides us through the right doors. And we gain discernment and we learn about the will of God. So that's a quick summary of the message there for those that weren't here. But today I want to look at the fourth dimension of prayer. And it's a, it's a powerful one and it definitely is tied to the whole idea of us praying over uh, these campuses. And, uh, you know, last this actually happened last... Uh, Last week, before last Sunday, I didn't share it, but I shared it with my leadership group uh, Sunday night, and nobody said no to it. So, uh, no, they were, all, they were all like, that's a good idea. We should, we should do that. That sounds like a God thing. And so we're excited to... Uh, but w- part of what we'll be doing is really the fourth dimension of prayer, and that's found in James 5 and verse 17. And we're going we're gonna to look at that this morning for just a few minutes. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you as we read the Scriptures to open the Word of God to us. Let our hearts hear, Lord. Let our spiritual ears be open to hear your truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is James 5 and 17 says this. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. He was a human just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. That's an awesome passage right there. Isn't that, isn't that an awesome? You know, I've read that scripture. It's just like, there's, there's so many things that are cool about it. It's, it's amazing to think about what Elijah's prayer did. I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a strong prayer. And especially in West Texas, where we, we care about rain, right? <laughs> we, we need rain. We still need rain. We look out at our lawns and our trees and stuff, and, and they're getting dry again. You know, we still haven't seen the answer to our prayers for rain in our area. Hey, Lord, we've gotten some showers, but we're not asking for just showers. We're asking for continuous rain that restores and brings life and renews and changes the atmosphere. Basically, change the climate here. Go ahead, God, change the climate here if you want. But Elijah, he prayed this prayer. It says that one guy, one guy prayed a prayer. One person prayed a prayer, and for three and a half years, it didn't rain. I don't know if somebody prayed that prayer around here or not, but we need to go find them and get on them, right? <laughs> hey, can you take back that prayer, pal? You know, whoever been doing that, you know? We're all praying for rain. So, but one person, one person prayed, and it says in the land of Israel, there was no rain for three and a half years. And it says, then that same person prayed again when God said, okay, it's time. Again, this was all under the direction of the Holy Spirit. 
When we pray, the Holy Spirit is, he's the spirit of grace and supplication. What's supplication? Prayer. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of prayer. He's the one that knows how to pray when we don't know how to pray. He's the one that's, that's guiding us and leading us. He's the one that helps us pray at our weakness. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is directing Elijah at times. But here's the thing. It says something very important at the first verse there. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. It doesn't say that Elijah was this special guy that the only reason those things happened in his life was because he was Elijah. I mean, we read the Bible like that sometimes. We read that and go, man, Elijah is, he's, he's the man. No, I, he is a bad dude. I would not mess, Elijah and Elisha, man, if I met those dudes and they were, I was doing something wrong, they would, I would do what they said. <laughs> would you not? I mean, all the miracles they had, all kinds of stuff happened. They took charge of the situation. They walked in their authority that God had given them. They walked in the calling that God had given them. But it says right here, it says, hey, wait a second. Elijah's just like you. Elijah's just like you. You're, you're no different than Elijah. He was a man. He was a human being just like us. So it had nothing to do with Elijah the human being. It had to do with Elijah the human being doing what God had called him to do. And he was, let's go, so I want us to look, I want us to go back and look at that actual account uh, where Elijah does this. So turn to your Bibles. Get your Bibles ready, loose, and to move around. I know it's on the screen, but you can still turn there. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. Where is 1 Kings? John here? Okay. It's before Chronicles. 1 Kings chapter 17. This is where um, Elijah, this is the prayers of Elijah. I want us to just look at them real quick, just so we know the context of what's going on here. And it says this, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab's the king of Israel, he's a, he's a wicked king, he's not following God. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. That's bold. That's a bold thing right there that he says. You know, I think there's something that God's wanting to teach us from Elijah. Hey, he's just like us. But Elijah was bold in what he was doing. He was, he was bold in his prayer. He said, look, whatever I say is going to happen. That's pretty cool. That's, I don't know if I've ever prayed like that. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm preaching today from saying, hey, let's, let's, go, let's go after something here. Let's go a little bit farther. I'm not... Most of the things I preach, I don't have figured out. Have you figured that out? <laughs> we all look in the scriptures and say, God, take us there. Holy Spirit, you're going to lead us. Okay, so that, that's where Elijah, that was it. That was where he stopped the rain. It was right there, and he just informed the king. Hey, I want to let you know, king, that, you know, you know you've got some issues, and it's not going to rain. So as a sign from God, this is going to happen. So then turn to 1 Kings 18, and go to the end of 1 Kings 18, and verse 41 near the end of the end of the chapter there and it says this in verse 41 and elijah said to ahab go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain so ahab went off to eat and drink but elijah climbed to the top of carmel look at what he does he bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees so he's praying okay does everybody understand he wasn't doing that to check his you know 
feet or something for, for you know, fungus or something. So, you know, he's praying right there. And, sorry, verse 43, it says, go, and he says to his servant, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, the servant came back and said. And here's where some of us stop. We go, ah, doggone it. It's, I was wrong. <laughs> God didn't tell me to. There wasn't really rain coming. He didn't tell me it's not the right time. You know, oh, well, we'll try again next time. No, it says there's nothing there, he said. And seven times Elijah said to him, go back. <laughs> go back. Seven times. You know, seven's important in the Bible. So, but, but seven times. You know, it says he kept. You know, I assume, it doesn't say what Elijah was doing in between there. I'm assuming that Elijah was saying a prayer in between that. He was going, okay, let's, Lord, is, I'm, I'm saying the rain's coming. Okay? I'm praying for the rain. It's time now. It's time for this to happen, God, so I'm praying for this. So seven times. And then the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Not very big cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what, you know, in other words, it was a very small cloud. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, ooh, there's a big, no, it's like he just saw the, the sky was totally clear and then there was just a little bit, oh, hey, look, I think I see a little cloud. In the distance, it looks like about this big. And so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Elijah doesn't even need to see the rain before he starts saying, he starts moving because he knows his prayer has already been answered. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. So now there's a whole bunch of clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain came on and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And then even if it wasn't enough, it says the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. In other words, he was running faster than a horse. Okay, so he was he was hauling it. It was a supernatural run right there. Clocking 100 meter. Boom. World record right here. (laughs) That's what was happening. But let me remind you of the scripture. Elijah was a man just like us. He was a man just like us. He wasn't anything special except he was just doing what God had called him to do. And this fourth dimension of prayer, what I believe this fourth type or dimension or level, whatever you want to call it, form of prayer is this. It's declaration. There is a part of praying that is declaration where we just declare things. It's not about asking. It's not about seeking God. It's not about knocking and saying, where where are we to go, God? What's going on with this? Give us discernment. Give us wisdom. It's just saying, look... I am speaking this out. I am declaring this right now. That's the prayer that Elijah prayed. He said, look, no more rain. It's not going to rain until I say, because God has spoken to me. Elijah wasn't doing this just for fun. Hey, I'm a prophet. I'm going to try out, see how much power I've got. No, it wasn't about that. It was God was directing him. The, The Spirit of God spoke to him and said, look, you're to do this. You're the one, and you've got to declare it. God didn't say, I'm going to stop the rain no matter what. God said, no, when Elijah spoke, the rain stops. When we step into the dimension of declaring in prayers, 
we are operating in our authority. You know, God's been, I mean, there's something God's been stirring me about authority. I don't even have it like clarified and, and, you know, clear yet. But we don't understand the authority we have, I believe. As believers, I don't think we're, I would say I'm not walking in the fullness of the authority that Jesus has already given me. You know, because I'm still looking at Elijah going, whoa, that would be, wow, I don't, could I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> Are you looking at Elijah like that? If you're looking at Elijah like that, then you're not operating in your authority. I mean, in the New Testament, it says, hey, the person who's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than all the prophets, is greater than John the Baptist. Something, something changed in the new covenant that was even greater than Elijah. But if that wasn't even enough, just get on the same level. Because God says, hey, Elijah was just like us. So the things Elijah can do, I can do through Christ who strengthens me. Now, Elijah, what, it, what happens in between these two events is the most famous story of Elijah. It's where Elijah calls down fire from heaven. It's where he has the contest and says, you know, all the people are worshiping the god Baal, and this is a, you know, a false god. And they had all these prophets says, hey, let's go have a contest to see whose god is real. I mean, Elijah's bold, okay? We're we're not going to say that Elijah wasn't messing around with anything. He was bold in what he did. But he was bold and he was operating in his authority that God had given him. If you look at chapter 18, chapter 18 basically uh, is the whole encounter of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And what happens in that encounter is he says, okay, you guys go first. There's more of you. There's about 450 of you. So you guys can go first. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a sacrifice and an altar. And the only thing you can't do is no matches. (laughs) No, No click lighters. No nothing. We're going to see which God answers with fire from heaven. So he says, go ahead and go first. There's more of you. It'll take more time. So they all get, you know, we know you may have heard the story. If not, I'm telling it to you. They start praying. They start calling out to Baal. They start doing their chants. They start doing all their ritualistic, demonic, whatever junk is going on. They start cutting themselves. Um, You know, that's not new. That's Devil's been leading people to do that for a long time. So they start, you know, they start cutting themselves to say, oh, come, Baal, I need, you know, I want you to come. And there's nothing in Elijah is, is so funny. It's one of the, the Bible is just fun to read. It's just fun. You know, because then Elijah says, he starts making fun of him. <laughs> he starts going, hey, uh, maybe he's asleep there. Uh, you should call louder because he can't hear you yet. Maybe he went to the bathroom. You know, he's, he doesn't actually say that in the Bible, okay? <laughs> but, you know, that's, I mean, that's what I'd be saying. Man, maybe he's in the shower. He, he can't hear you. You need, to, you need to yell louder. You need to pray louder. He's totally, he's totally ragged on him. He's totally giving him some, some smack talk, okay? That's what I call it. Um, <laughs> he's laying down the smack, okay? And so he's talking, and, and nothing happens. So finally, they get all worn out, and he says... Okay, my turn. You've had enough time. Several hours have passed. You know, Elijah's like, dude, I'm getting bored. Let's move on here. So, remember this. It has not rained in three and a half years due to Elijah's word. And Elijah, notice throughout this passage, he's totally operating in his authority. 
He is totally taking charge of the situation. Because first of all, look, he's doing what God had called him to do. But why would they even have this contest? Think about it. If you're the prophets of Baal and you're the king Ahab who's worshiping a false god, what does it matter? Why, why would you even agree to a kind of like, who cares? You're just like one dude and you're annoying and you always prophesy bad stuff to us. Just get out, out of here. We're not doing your dumb contest. No, he was operating his authority. He was declaring things and they were happy. He said, look, we're going to have this contest. And they go, yes, we are. Really? That's, isn't that what? Can you imagine then what it says is Elijah says, hey, you go first. He's totally in charge. He's operating in his authority under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So what does he say after that when it's his turn? Hey, give me a bunch of water. Look, there's no water. Look, there's very little water in the land. And so he says, I want you to dump out the water onto the sacrifice. And if these people were thinking with their heads, they would have said, "Ah, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Who are you? It doesn't matter. No, but it says they just respond because he was operating in the authority that God had given him. And he says, hey, pour on several times. There's buckets and buckets and jars and jars of water that's poured on. There's hardly any water in the land. There's a three and a half year drought. But he says to do this, and they're just, everybody just responds to Elijah. It, it almost kind of makes me think of, I know Lisa watched Star Wars yesterday with K- Katie. You know, you know where they do that Jedi mind trick? Okay, and I'm not saying this is good. Okay, I'm not saying it's kind of an Eastern religion thing. But... Uh, you know in Star Wars where they say, where Obi-Wan says, these are not the droids you're looking for. And then they go, these are not the droids we're looking for. And then they just let them on, you know. It's kind of, but that's kind of what's happening with Elijah here. But it's instead of being some weirdo thing with the Star Wars, it's like, hey, this is reality. This is the power of God. This is the presence of God. This is the will of God being poured out because Elijah is declaring it. He is operating in his authority. And so what happens? Elijah calls down fire from heaven. He is still operating his authority. Oh, Lord God, you answer with fire. And fire comes down. It says fire comes down from heaven, consumes the water, consumes the, 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 the wood, consumes the altar, the, the stones, and the sacrifices on the altar. And everybody in the audience rightfully says, uh-oh, God is really God. <laughs> We're in trouble. And then they kill all the prophets of Baal and say, you're the guys of the false guys, etc. And then Elijah, that's right after that, right after that is when Elijah says, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. And he prays and the rain comes. He's declaring. There's a part of prayer in our lives where as God leads us, we need to just declare things. We need to speak them out. We need to know that we have been given authority from God. What happens if someone doesn't walk in their authority? What well, happens with Elijah right after this? In 1 Kings 19, I mean, here's Elijah like at the pinnacle of like, like the most amazing display of God's power. And then he prays for rain, it comes. And then he like runs the world record, you know, two-mile dash and he is, you know, he runs back to, to the city. And then it says that he found out that Jezebel, the queen, the wicked queen, was after him. And then he runs and hides and he starts crying. Oh, no, they're going to hurt me. They're going to hurt me. He completely steps out of his authority. It's like, I don't know if God put, you know, if Elijah did that just to show us, hey, 
You know, he was at the top of the mountain and boom, you know, one second later, as soon as the rain comes, he's like cowering in fear. Oh no, what's going to happen to me? He runs and hides and just lays by the river for a while and God feeds him. And he runs away. So we can choose either to be like Elijah in 1 Kings 18. But Elijah was a man just like us. He was also in 1 Kings 19 where he's running and hiding in fear and not operating in the authority that God gave him. You know what? Uh, Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, what, did it, what does it say he did for them? He sent out the disciples. What did he do? Do you remember? He gave them power and authority. Power and authority. There's two Greek words for, for those right there. The word power is the word dunamis. And if you've been in a Pentecostal church before, you've heard of the word dunamis. It's the word that ultimately we get the word dynamite from. So it's, it's just talking about raw power, just like explosive strength. So it says, Jesus says, hey, my disciples, I give you power. But it says he also gave them authority. Now, authority is the word exousia. It's a little bit different word. It's not talking about raw power. It is talking about delegated legal authority. When someone with delegated legal authority gets around us, we take notice, don't we? If a police officer, and we have one in our congregation, but he worked all night, he may still be working, (laughs) walks in the room in uniform... Doesn't it make you kind of notice? I mean, we all kind of go, oh, there's a cop here, right? You know, when you're driving on the road and there's a police car driving next to you, do you check your speedometer a little bit more closely? Well, some, you know, whatever, no big deal. Like, I found, you know, most people, they slow down way slower than they need to slow. I'm like, dude, I, you know, I get around a cop, I'm like, I'm going to drive the speed limit. It's fine. If I pass him, I pass him. He's not going to pull me over. I've got some inside scoops. I know when Austin will pull me over, too. He told me. <laughs> he gave me the, the, the ratio. I'm reading a devotional by another cop from Midland. It's, it's very fun. And he told me his ratio. So I keep in that ratio, okay? I really try to drive the speed limit. But when everybody, you know, most people in Midland, and it's not you. I know it's not you. When a police car is driving by, everybody slows down. They usually slow down to under the speed limit. You're extra careful. You don't, you know, if it's yellow or if it's orange, you know, the light's turning orange, you know what I'm talking about, where it's been yellow for a while and you know it's going to turn red. When there's no cop around, when there's no police, when there's no authority around, what do you do? (laughs) Hit the gas, baby. But when it's like kind of a question, you know, when you're in that middle range of going through a light, you're like, do I stop? Do I go? Do I you know, you have that split second. If you look over and see you see a police car, you go, boop, we're stopping, baby. <laughs> I know how you drive. You drive just like I do. You're a human just like me. <laughs> Elijah would be doing the same thing. He's a man just like us. <laughs> but why is that? It's because when someone shows up, who has authority, people take notice. Things change. Now Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, it says he gave his disciples power and authority. He said he gave them authority over sickness. He gave them authority over demons. Um, 
He gave them authority over situations that are standing against the will of God. Think of even the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer starts out with intimacy and worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's like holy is your name, God. And then right away, it's a declaration. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a dimension of prayer where we as the people of God need to declare what needs to happen on earth like it is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will direct us. We don't need to go out and just do this on our own. But when someone of authority shows up, people take notice. So I need to realize when I show up, I'm believing that when I show up at an elementary campus and I'm just in the parking lot or I'm on the sidewalk outside the school, that everything that is of the kingdom of darkness or anything that stands against God or anything that does not look like heaven looks like is taking notice because I am there by the authority of God. And then if I am confident in the authority that God has given me, I can begin to declare things and know that they're going to come to pass. I can declare the goodness of God. I can declare the grace of God. I can declare the protection of God in those situations. I am asking God's kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I need to operate in my authority. Now, I have to be wise in this. This doesn't mean what I'm not saying, and I don't think there's anybody here who thinks this. I'm not saying we go chase down demons and start going after everything. You know, that's not how it works. You know, in the police force, you don't have one cop just going down to the, you know, the ghetto and with 20 drug dealers or, or you know, gang members or something and go, I'm going to go with my authority and go alone into a situation. They're going to get killed. That ain't, that ain't going to work. But if they're on an assignment from their authority who says, we're going to go into the situation and we're going to go prepare, we're going to have the SWAT team with us, and we're going to go arrest this certain suspect or whatever, they're going to be going with authority, and they're going to have the community, the people who are meant to be with them to take care of the situation. So what I'm saying is I don't need to go start, you know, go stand over Midland and say, I command every demon to go in Jesus' name. You know, don't start messing with that, because that's like a cop going into a situation. You still have authority, but you're in a situation that you're not prepared for, and God needs to send maybe a team of people or the right people at the right time to do that. Now, Austin's not here, so I was going to ask him some questions this morning. You know, hey, can you do, you know, what, what kind of authority do you have? So I'll have to ask him a little bit more. But when you have authority... Even when Austin is off duty, he has authority. He can still arrest, he can still arrest you. So just so you know, if he's here, he can arrest you. <laughs> he hasn't been here for a while, I know, because he's been working. But if he shows up, he can arrest you because he has the authority to do that. Now, if he arrests someone without cause, then he can get himself in trouble because then he's an, abusing his authority because his authority only works when he is operating under the, the rules of who is in charge. And so the same thing happens in my life that I need to have myself in obedience to God. I need to be under his, operating with his rules, so to speak, his, his protocol, his principles. And if I am doing that, and He is directing me, then I can make declarations and believe that what I say will come to pass. 
Matthew chapter 21, if you want to go there. Here's the last scripture we're going to be at, the passage today. Matthew 21 and verse 18. Matthew 21, 18. And it says this, Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. This is Jesus. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. I'd be amazed too. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. If you're talking to a mountain, does that sound like a declaration? He says, look, you will say to the mountain... Move into the sea. Was Jesus talking about physical mountains? Probably not. Most likely he's talking in in the spirit, right? He's talking spiritually. But think about this. Jesus is giving them a picture of their authority in prayer. I mean, a fig tree is cool, but he says, hey, look, that's nothing. That's nothing. I can tell you, look, if you believe, if you pray with faith... If you understand who God has created you to be and hear what God has directed you to do, the extent of your authority is this. The extent of your authority is mountains will move when you speak. You've got a mountain in your way in your life? You have authority over the mountain. You have authority over anything that is standing in your way that is blocking the will of God in your life, the desires of God in your life. But I have to take my authority. I have to operate in my authority. When Jesus left earth, he said this. He said, all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth belongs to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. What does that mean? That means he was commissioning. He's saying, look, this has been given to me. And when he's saying go, he is essentially saying, you're going with what I have. You are going with what I have won. Jesus won the victory of all authority on the cross. Why did he have to do that? Because God originally gave humans charge of the earth. He said, you have dominion over the earth in the book of Genesis. In other words, we were entrusted with authority over the earth and the animals. I mean, Adam even got to pick out names for him. God didn't come up with the names. Adam got to be creatively named the animals. He said, you have dominion over everything on the earth. But what happened was we gave that authority to someone else. We turned that authority over to the devil. Because it was given to us by God, we had the authority, and as human beings, Adam and Eve chose to give it to someone else. They relinquished their authority. That's why Jesus had to come as a human. Because He had to come as a human, because only a human 
being has rightful claim on the authority in earth. And so when Jesus died and went to hell and took back the keys to death and hell, what do keys represent in Scripture many times is authority. And so when Jesus shows up in Revelation and says, Hey, look, I've got the keys. He is saying he has rightfully and powerfully won back all authority on heaven and on earth. And then he says, I commission you as God has sent me, I am sending you. Go therefore in my authority. So next time you pray, it's not, it's not, Elijah wasn't like, hey, I'm, I'm bad, dude, go mess with me. No, it's like, God is leading me, but I am a bad dude. <laughs> In Jesus, I have authority. I have authority to declare things, and I need to... Some of us need, we have, we need to take authority in our, in our situations with our families. Hey, take authority. Take authority in your families. Take authority over things that are trying to mess with your, your kids. Take authority, take authority in your workplace. Now, you can't, you, know, you can't make the boss do what you want to do, but it's not magic. We're not talking about like uh, witchcraft, trying to get somebody else, control somebody else, and do something else with my words. That's not, that's not what prayer is. Sometimes we've got to be careful. Our prayer can get into that realm where we're trying to make things happen. What we're doing is we're saying, okay, God, you're leading my life. And when I see something and when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to address that. You need to speak to that situation. You need to speak to that thing. You know, that's what we do when we pray for healing. That's what, you know, that's exactly what happens. That's why most of the times Jesus didn't ask for healing. He declared healing. Because it's an issue of authority. What does it say? Jesus says he gave the disciples power and authority over sickness and disease and demons. And so healing, this is totally free, healing is an issue of authority. And so when I understand where I'm coming from, where Jesus has placed me, it says in Ephesians that we are seated as the children of God. I am sitting next to Jesus in the heavens, in the heavenly places. He's on the throne, and I'm right next to him, spiritually. That's, that's where I am coming from when I pray. That's, that's the position. It's a place of rest, because I'm sitting. I, I'm, I'm in a place of peace. I'm in a place of rest. But I am in a place of authority, because I'm sitting next to Jesus, the King of Kings, who has all authority on heaven and on earth and under the earth. That should get me to say, okay, I'm going to pray with a little bit more boldness, Lord. I'm going to pray with a little bit more confidence. I'm going to, I'm going to declare things and speak uh, things, and I'm going to believe that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what it says right in James 5 and 16. It's talking about the elders and confess, you know, praying for the sick and anointing them. It's talking about confessing your sins to one another so that you can be healed. And then it says, look, the prayer of a righteous person is, is hugely powerful, is strongly effective. That's what it says. And it says, hey, look, Elijah was a man just like us.
So I need to quit looking at myself sometimes as, woe is me, I'm just going to, I'm a poor beggar. And I need to look at myself sometimes and say, no, wait a second. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the king. And I'm on an assignment from the king of kings. And I have some things to do that I am called to do. Just like Elijah, hey, it's probably not about rain. But there's things in our lives that are mountains that we need to speak to. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Let's, let's just stand. Let's just, let's just lift our hands to God. Oh, Lord. Just, just, begin to, just begin to talk to God. Just begin to open up and say, Oh, Lord, show, lead me in this, Lord. This is, this is beyond me. This is beyond us, Lord. We, we need your help. We need your direction, Holy Spirit. Help us walk in the authority that you have given us, Lord. We just invite you to, to make it even more real this week as we pray, Lord, whether that's in, you know, over our children, whether that's for our parents, whether that's for our loved ones who don't know you, Lord. We want to declare salvation over them. We want to declare peace. We want to declare, uh, Lord, the destruction of the enemy's lies in their lives. We want to declare peace in their hearts and minds. Lord, we want to declare openness to them. We just thank you right now for a deposit, Holy Spirit. Lord, it's, you're not giving us something we don't have. Lord, we, we already have this. We're asking you to make us more aware of what you've already given us. Lord, make us aware of the authority that you have placed in our lives, Father. And may, it, may we hold it as a holy honor. Lord, we will not abuse your authority. We will not use it for our own personal gain. We have been commissioned to be ambassadors, to go into all the world, to use your authority, to let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we we thank you, Lord, for letting us walk in this dimension of prayer, Lord. I pray that every single person in here would see a change, Lord. As we, as we, as we face things this week, there will be times where we need to make declarations, where we need to say no to things, and we need to say yes to things. We need to release things. We need to declare things, God. We need to, we need to change the atmosphere and the situations in our lives, Father. We declare that we will... We will walk in our authority, Lord. We ask you to help us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Remind us. Encourage us. Embolden us. Empower us freshly with your presence, Lord, and your vision so that we might see what you see. Lord, if we have your heart, then we won't ever abuse our authority. We'll have the heart of God that says, oh, man, we want this to look like heaven here. This doesn't look like heaven. So, Lord, we pray your kingdom come. We declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Right now, if there's, if there's just something in your, in your life that God has just you know, brought to your attention, I just encourage you right now, just go ahead and speak that out. Just go ahead and declare things right now in your situations, in your lives. Go ahead and speak to them. Let's say, we're going to start right now, God. I'm not waiting until after lunch. I am starting now. I'm going to declare things over my family. I'm going to declare things over my life. I'm going to declare them over my mind. I'm going to declare them over my workplace. I'm going to declare them over my neighborhood, my neighbors, God. We speak, Lord. We just declare openness over their hearts. So we declare that their minds would be loosed to the knowledge of God. We thank you for that, Lord. We just declare those things right now. Give us a little music, God. That way people aren't shy. Go ahead, go ahead and speak that out.
Go ahead and speak some stuff out. You might want to. You do need to say it out loud. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be super loud. It's not about being loud. It's about walking in our authority. Thank you, God. ask you to teach us now we, we invite you to teach us and lead us as we go from this place Lord let us use your authority to release what you want to release in our sphere of influence God we thank you that there's breakthrough in influence there's breakthrough in influence when we use our authority from you in the right way we thank you for that Lord thank you for showing us thank you for giving us wisdom Thank you for teaching us how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed to go. If you did not sign up and you'd like to participate in the school deal, there's a clipboard on the back table or it should have been going around here. So um, please do that. Some of the schools do start next week. So in the Christians and the private schools. So get to them this week. If other schools, you got two we- we got two weeks to get to them.